It's Sierra, new ambassador for WW, Weight Watchers Reimagined. The new MyWW Plus, our most holistic program ever, helps you tackle the many elements that contribute to weight loss with tools to plan meals and get you moving. Join today with a limited time offer at WW.com. Formula 1 started the second half of the 2000 F1 season on an exciting note. Lewis Hamilton had Pirelli's right rear tyre to share the limelight with in Spa. But you know, before we go and talk about Hamilton, F1 should actually be worried about climate change. There was no rain in Spa and you know, that's a circuit where there is almost always a rain shower, if not here or there, somewhere around. <laughs> anyway, to discuss all of this and more, I have with me the only woman I know who enjoys spa the way I do so. Mithila, welcome. Thank you, Kunal. Hello, everyone. So Hamilton's 36th Formula One win at spa was absolutely perfect, you know, textbook style. He was literally all guns blazing in the build-up to spa as well as spa. <laughs> That's a nice one. And he clinched his sixth consecutive pole position. So this was a feat that was actually achieved twice by none other than Michael Schumacher. Wow, and on that note, Hamilton also clinched his first trophy of 2015, the pole position trophy. The first of several to come, I guess. But you know, so I was really hoping for our listeners that the race at Spa would be an absolute war, you know, like bloodshed on the track <laughs> and that's because I already had a name for this podcast so and that was I desperately wanted to call it this is Sparta you know very dramatic and all of that oh my god and for that I don't think any race this year barring maybe the Hungarian Grand Prix was Sparta <laughs> well yes so unfortunately we couldn't use that for this podcast hopefully someday soon and we will Remind our listeners that it was your doing. Thank you. So there was there was just no competition for Lewis at Spa. Yes, there wasn't. And there was no competition for Ferrari in Spa as well. They lodged their 900th Grand Prix. Wow. They were robbed of a podium or I don't know if they risked it too much. But we will discuss the Ferrari Pirelli saga later in the episode. But lest we forget... Nico the Hulk Hulkenberg celebrated 50 Grand Prix starts with Force India as well. Well, technically he didn't start his 50th race, (laughs) but we'll forget that. And then we had McLaren. They have made a world record of sorts. 105 grid penalty drops. My God. That's over five full race grids. Which means they should have started in Barcelona. You know, McLaren, like Verstappen, are out to create a world record of sorts. The ones that really can't be broken. (laughs) So much for Honda claiming pre-spa that their upgraded engine would be on par with Ferrari. Well, realistically speaking, they were on par with the Ferrari engine. Really? Well, the Ferrari engine that powers the manor. Oh, God. And you know, in fact, even Renault matched the performance of Mercedes and Spa. Both manufacturers had two retirements each. Oh god, I don't think that's what they were going for. But Spa had new starting procedures and everyone was absolutely waiting with bated breath to see how that turns out. But there wasn't anything really different that happened on track. Well, there was something different. 
and that was Hamilton holding on to his pole position for the first time in three races. Oh, we should clap. <laughs> Mercedes was in action and busy during the summer break. But something interesting, so Nico Rosberg, yet again he showed his dependency on driver coaching through radio messages. So as you remember, when last year at Monza, driver coaching was first banned, the biggest loser was actually Nico Rosberg. And we saw that happen yet again. So that really makes you wonder about perhaps lack of talent surfacing. You know, I'm not going to comment on that. But the one talent that got wasted in Spa was that of Valtteri Bottas. What a bummer by Williams. So disappointing. But Kunal, why are we surprised? You know? Williams have yet again done something to ensure that they don't win, let alone target a podium. <laughs> do you think they have a new strategy engineer out there who decided to do something different on his first day at the job? <laughs> you know, I'm not sure about that. But they'll surely have an opening for a tyre mechanic anytime now. You should and, apply. Yeah, well, before you are hired, they'll actually put you through a series of spot the odd one out test. <laughs> I don't know, maybe Williams was also testing FOM's graphic capabilities, you know, can they make a one-fourth white and three-fourth yellow tire visual, you know, (laughs) just a challenge out there. You know, but whatever they did, they cost Botas a top-scoring shot. But you know, if we're feeling bad for Valtteri Botas, what about Sebastian Vettel? It was his 150th Grand Prix and he could have well been on the podium, but he could have ended up in the barriers instead. And what's worse, he lost absolutely crucial points in the Drivers' Championship. Yes, you know, and his post-race outburst towards Pirelli was noteworthy. We usually don't see an angry Sebastian. No, we don't. But Kunal, on that note, was Pirelli really to blame? I mean, should that tyre have exploded? Can a tyre explode like that? And, you know, was Ferrari to blame in some way by pushing the limit a little too much by putting Vettel on a one-stopper? Hmm. Interesting question, question that most fans have. My bit of understanding tells me that I'm not too sure if Pirelli is to blame entirely for the explosion, but let me put it this way, that no tyre should actually explode because it is a massive safety risk, especially on a circuit like Spa. But it happened to Rosberg in practice too. And then to Vettel in the race. Coming to the one stop for Vettel, Ferrari had to stop him once because he was starting low in the race. And I'm sure a Pirelli engineer in the Ferrari garage, and by the way, every team has one, was aware of their strategy in some way. Okay, but my point is that a tyre shouldn't explode, you know. And Pirelli keeps saying that it was due to wear, but if a tyre has crossed its shelf life, it should go off the cliff, run out of grip, but not disintegrate in such fashion. Absolutely, Vettel's explosion was just scary. And you know what's scarier? So post-race, Pirelli actually found cuts on a few other tyres. Unbelievable. And uh, which also makes me wonder, Kunal, do you think Pirelli and the teams could have some sort of a maximum number of laps, you know, for each compound that they outline, just in order to ensure safety on these tyres? You know, personally, I think not. That's a great thought. But what would happen is it would take the fun and the suspense away from tyre strategy because you'd know... That if a driver's taken a particular compound, he has to pit within a certain window of laps. Sure. And that takes the fun away from it. Though, you know, interestingly, Pirelli does think that they should have a maximum uh, usage per tyre equation. But you know what's strange? So for Spa, Pirelli reckoned that the tyres would last 40-odd laps. 
and Vettel's accident happened on lap 28. So we just hope that this issue is sorted out before we reach Monza, you know, very high speed circuit. We don't want such a repeat there. Absolutely not. It is, you know, safety first in Formula 1. Talking of Monza though, do you think this could be the last Italian Grand Prix at Monza for a long, long time to come? You know, well, we've got a certain mystery being pound wise and sporting foolish. Not racing in Monza is like not playing cricket at the Lord Stadium when you visit the UK. Okay, it's strange that while the sport is running after money, they are still running out of money. And having said this, I really hope Monza stays on the calendar for a long, long time to come. Wow, I love how you put that. But back to Spa, you know, we've not really spoken about Hamilton's absolutely sublime drive and win. His victory at Spa actually puts him a full race win ahead of Rosberg in terms of championship points. So that's an absolutely amazing place to be. Yes, and despite having a wild summertime break, one that a few drivers thought would distract him. They were just jealous. Yes. <laughs> he came back and did his job 10 on 10. And, you know, as for Rosberg, I think he's just been outclassed all season long. He knows it and he's admitting it too now. We had an unexpected but very deserving visitor on the podium as well. One that I was personally so happy to see. Romain Grosjean. Well done. Yes. I can only imagine that, you know, after his horrific incident in Spa in 2012, this track has gone from being perhaps his worst circuit to his best circuit. (laughs) You know, yes, he was the driver on the move at almost every part of the race. The Lotus performed extremely well in low downforce conditions. And uh, Romain is surely one of the contenders for the driver of the day in Spa. And who else is on the list? Well, for me, Danny Kivat. Kunal, what a splendid, splendid drive, especially in his final stint. And that made him the only non-Mercedes driver in the top six at Spa. Woohoo! And also Max Verstappen, you know, all eyes were on him as he clawed his way up the order and some really classic overtaking. Or, for that matter, Pastor Maldonado. You had to bring him up, didn't you? (laughs) You He started the weekend in Spa with a crash and ended it with a retirement. Fairly sublime for him too. No safety car period, just a few yellow flags. Very understated and discreet, I must say. (laughs) But but credit due where it belongs. He had a good qualifying session and was doing really well in the race. Before a self-inflicted clutch issue caught him out. Suicide. He could have actually scored a good chunk of points for a change. What do you mean for a change, Kunal? Pastor Maldonado scores points almost every other race. Penalty points, I mean. (laughs) And, you know, lastly, how can we not talk about Fernando Alonso? He's had best race in Spa. I was ahead of Button, etc., etc. But the reality also is that he's driven the least number of racing laps this season amongst all drivers. Not surprised. But talking of the teams... Mercedes now have more points than the closest two rivals put together. Whoa, whoa. That's a lot of points. And meanwhile, in the midfield battle, Grosjean's podium has actually powered Lotus ahead of Force India by just one point. Oh my God. That's one close midfield battle you know I'm going to be cheering for. But you know, I really wonder if the Lotus cars left Spa. You know, like Sauber, they too had a legal issue with a driver who they didn't honour a contractual commitment with. Charles Peake in this case. Do you know how he looks? Um. <laughs> okay. 
we have your answer <laughs> <laughs> but you know if i was if i were the plaintiff i would have just taken that lotus car home you know a black colored f1 car a podium scoring car at that i think it would look very nice in my living room maybe <laughs> <laughs> you know well in that case i would have taken the 2014 lotus f1 car home the one with a batman styled nose yes but you know for all your batman love let me now talk about my favorite driver on the grid the ice man kimi raikkonen kunal i am so happy i will get to see him in action for at least another year yay <laughs> <laughs> yes the 2007 champion gets another lifeline i'm happy for him and of course happy for you now i just hope Thank that you. he delivers what he ferrari and every other kimi raikkonen fan expects him to and along the way he has a string of good luck for change but now with kimi's contract in place i wonder what the other old men of formula 1 are doing massa and button are waiting an order on theirs glad you brought up felipe massa because he is now joint fourth in the drivers championship ahead of valtteri bottas that is some good work and lastly not such good news Former F1 driver Justin Wilson is in coma, Kunal, after a crash in the IndyCar series over the weekend. Yeah, let's pray for his recovery. And I remember Wilson in his Jaguar days and the story that did the rounds of the paddock, that he was one of the taller drivers on the grid and the car needed to be modified to fit his frame, costing the team a few extra millions. Wow. I remember very clearly that he had these wicked starts right off the line and uh, that was when he actually partnered Max Verstappen's father, Jos. And what I do actually remember also commercially and since you know my love for the business of Formula 1, okay. he was the one who started the whole idea of accepting public investments from investors who were interested commercially in his racing career. you could basically go purchase shares and help him fund his racing wikipedia says that he had close to 900 investors in total i bet it isn't just those 900 investors praying for his recovery all of us are and we really really hope for the best for justin wilson indeed and we hope we get better news on justin wilson's condition in the coming days and when we meet again next week on the inside line f1 podcast thank you everyone for tuning in thank you